Hey everyone, this is a bonus Q&A episode. I try and uh, answer questions live every Thursday. Uh, You can sign up to come to my free live Q&A at schoolforthedogs.com slash Q and A and you will see the next one I'm doing. I then am trying to take recordings of those Q&As and post them here to the podcast feed. If you have a question, you can email me directly, Annie at School for the Dogs. You can also go to anchor.fm slash dogs and record your question there. Thanks for being here. I have been getting a lot of questions about crate training. A lot of people getting dogs this year, which is pretty cool. Uh, Upside of global pandemic seems to be that uh, (laughs) people bring dogs into their homes. Who knew? Who knew that that would be a silver lining uh, and a crate is often um, one of the first things that people purchase right when they're when they're getting a dog and um, I think sometimes people get confused about how to use it why they should use it or not use it um, so I want to just sort of talk talk to y'all about um, the way I think about a crate. A crate is, of course, a great management tool. Uh, the three three uh, pillars of the dog training triad: management, timing, and rewards. Management is, you know, all about setting the stage, setting a stage where. Our dogs are going to perform in ways we are going to be likely to like and are not going to have a chance to do a lot of the stuff we might not want them to do. And uh, I think particularly a crate can be a very good management tool for house training because if your dog is in a crate that is appropriately sized and is acclimated to being in that crate and all sorts of other things, ideally, uh, that, um, that if, if the crate is, let me start over. <laughs> if the crate is a place where your dog is happy to be, it can really help with crate training. Be, I'm sorry, with house training, because, um, you know, most dogs won't pee or poop in the crate. Um, it's important that a crate not be a whole lot bigger than a dog because you don't want your dog to use uh you know (laughs) the west wing uh to hang out in and the east wing to um pee and poop in um and uh dogs tend to kind of like to keep their little areas their little areas tidy so um if you're using a crate the moment you take your dog out of the crate is a good moment to bring them to the place where you want the dog to to go so 
pick up your dog if you can bring the dog outside onto the street nice quiet spot if you can find one or into your yard or if you want your dog to go on a wee wee pad or a grass patch or whatever inside bring the dog to that but um bringing the once you have a dog who's crated then uh you have a good idea you're gonna have a better idea of when they need to go when are they gonna need to go when you take the dog out of the crate but you know i i wanted to start off actually by saying that you don't have to crate train a dog you should not feel that um, it is mandatory in order to be a good dog trainer or a good dog owner or a, a dog owner trainer trainer owner i never crate trained my dog uh i could think of a handful of times where it maybe would have been useful and also he did end up in crates at some times or in crate like containers right at the vet um they are sometimes uh put into containers at the groomer um, particularly you know when he was waiting for me to pick him up or waiting for his turn at the groomer so um I, I suggest if you're not going to use a crate, it's still a good idea to acclimate your dog to being in one. And I can talk about some ways that you can do that in a moment. But, um, but I j- just wanted to point out that it is not compulsory. And I, while I think it can be helpful for most dogs to um, learn how to be comfortable being in a crate and, and helpful for a lot of dogs and, and something that actually a lot of dogs can really enjoy. Uh, I think that there are some dogs who may never, ever, ever be comfortable being in a crate, and that is also okay. Why might that be? There could be any number of reasons which you may or may um, not ever figure out. You know, a dog who is transported in a crate, um, possibly before you got the dog, might have trauma (laughs) associated with a crate might have stress about the crate. A pets, pet, pet store dogs can sometimes um, have anxiety about being confined. And, uh, you know, again, also they're all individuals, right? And some, just like some people, for reasons that maybe are hard to explain or, or cannot be explained, don't want to be in tight spaces, I think that there are some dogs who um, are just like that too. Um, if you have a dog like that, There are, however, lots of other ways that you can manage where they are in the world, right? Like that's what the crate is about. That's what a fence is about. That's what a leash is about. Like we're we're putting them where we want them to be. And um, so you you can do that using um, tools that are not uh, a crate. Um, Selecting a crate I think is um, important because I really I really find that the more open a crate the better Uh, like a open wire mesh crate to me is uh, preferable in most cases to like the kind of plastic travel crates crates that look more like um, like sort of big cat carriers that's how I think of them Um, of course there are lots of crates for different situations there are crates that are like meant for uh, cars to keep dogs safe in cars Um, there are um, there are like super fancy designer crates out there there was one that uh, 
There was one that I saw a few years ago online that was like $1,500 and it was like a dome. It was really, really nice looking. Um, but uh, my favorite crate, and, and I think all of us actually at School of the Dogs, all of our favorite crate is the Revol crate, which we carry at storeforthedogs.com and in our shop as well. Um, and it is the only crate that we use. Uh, actually, that's not true. We have some other wire crates at School for the Dogs, but um, it is the main kind of crate that we use at um, School for the Dogs. Uh, I really just think it's a superior product it is um and when the reason i like it so much or one of the reasons i like it so much is it really opens up it opens up on the front you can open up it up on the side and you can open it up on the top so it's possible to have three different parts of it open at the same time while your dog can be in it and um, you can be working on relaxation protocol with your dog in the crate you can just be hanging out with your dog in the crate the idea is i want it to be a place where your dog wants to be and that does not necessarily mean it needs to be completely enclosed in the crate at all times wouldn't it be nice if your dog wanted to just hang out in there and come and go as he pleased uh, with without um, feeling like you know isolated from everyone else um, I think having you know all these open sides can help a dog feel like they're still kind of part of what is going on of course you don't have to have a crate that opens on all sides um, it's just a nice feature of the revel um, which I also like because um, it collapses really easily it wheels around really easily but you know a lot of the times you don't need to have a crate that uh, collapses and moves around like we collapse and move around crates all the time at school for the dogs but um, you know just in someone's home that's also like a feature that might not be necessary but um, it's nice I often just suggest people buy like a pretty inexpensive mesh they're usually black mesh wire crate on Amazon um, or even you can almost always find one for free if you look on like Craigslist or um, Facebook Marketplace or FreeCycle or whatever. People um, tend to get rid of perfectly good crates a lot. We actually had to put a moratorium on clients bringing us their crates at school for the dogs because um, people would have crates they didn't want and would think we would want them and um, which was like super nice but <laughs> we just didn't have space to store all these uh, extra extra crates um, if you're if you are um, you know trying to save money while doing crate training uh, I think um, definitely look for one for free and also you know you can have more than one uh, I think it just like um, you want your dog to feel like not closed off and separated in um, in the crate. You want the dog to feel like they can be there, still be, still be part of like everything that's going on. Um, well, that's going to be easier if you have a crate in each room, unless you're going to like roll your crate from one room to the other, which you can also do. But like what I'm saying is like you can get them for free or for not a lot of money, so might as well just like have one in each room. And again, it should be. I will sometimes tell people to get like a small crate when their dog is small and a big crate when their dog is big um, because you if it, like when your dog is really small you can have the dog on I mean if you have like a, a puppy um, or just a small dog you could have the crate on the couch with you um, you could have the crate I've had the crate I used to have like a really big wood desk like a long sort of like library table desk um, and uh, sometimes I would have a dog, if I was watching a puppy, on 
my desk in the crate and um, you know right up close to me because I want to be able to I want to be able to make the dog feel good about being in there that might mean making sure you know he has something good to chew on it might mean periodically clicking and treating you can do training with a dog in a crate too um, uh, it's actually you know it's it's kind of like its own little Skinner box in a way if you can um, have a dog in a crate because you know you're limiting you're limiting the surrounding so there's really a lot of like fun training you can do just with starting with like a hand touch have the dog touch your hand uh, in the crate and you can build up quickly to uh, having your dog touch your hand when you stick up your hand into the side of the crate from each of the four sides uh, and you can quickly then teach your dog to be like spinning in the crate or you can work on sits and downs in the crate um, to do that I would just like wait for your dog to lie down click and treat that again you're limiting you're limiting the options of things there are to do right <laughs> so you're upping the chance your dog is probably gonna lie down wait for your dog to lie down click and treat them click the moment your dog lies down and then um, another nice thing about like something like the revel that has like the open top that you can open up like or bit even just through like two wire bars in a crate just drop the treat bring the treat up at the top of the crate and let your dog have to sit up to go get the treat and then wait for your dog to lie down again click the down and again deliver that treat up high to get your dog sitting again and in that way you can be resetting your dog in between reps um, of course you can also use work to eat toys in crates um, actually the revol comes with like a, one that uh, this thing that's called a groove uh, it doesn't come with it they made it to work with the revel or I think it actually works on any crate it like clicks on to the um, to into the mesh uh, and you can spread peanut butter or wet food or cream cheese or whatever on it um, and your dog licks it off um, it's a super cute little thing. You could, you know, use a slow food bowl um, in uh, the crate. But again, you are doing what you can to make your dog feel good about being in there. Eating somewhere is a, it, you know, you tend to feel good about the places where you eat. <laughs> um, that's why, like most dogs, love kitchens, right? Um, so why not use your dog's regular meal? Um, in the crate to build that association and if you're giving it in a toy then you know your dog is also um, there's also just the general enjoyment of using a toy and you're extending the amount of time that your dog is going to be spending eating in the crate um, and the more time the more enjoyable enjoyable time spent there um, the more likely that um, your dog will develop good feelings about it um, other general general crate training suggestions. Um, I mentioned this, I think, uh, actually on the podcast recently. Uh, crate FOMO is kind of a fun game. Um, toss treats, favorite toys and stuff into the crate. And then close the crate. Let your dog see that there's stuff in there um, that she wants. And uh, that's kind of could be a way to build the enthusiasm of running in to the crate, training the behavior of running into the crate, put the good stuff in the crate, and then let your dog go to it. Um, another uh, quick crate, crate training tip, especially if you're, if you're just starting out crate training like a puppy, 
Um, make sure the dog can see you at night. I, I have no problem with dog sleeping in beds. Uh, I don't think that this will ruin um, anyone's relationship with their dog. Or, I mean, I guess it could relate. I guess it could ruin some relationships. I don't want to. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure that I know some dogs sleeping in beds who have ruined um, relationships, although possibly human-human relationships versus human-dog relationships. Um, my point being, um, no, no judgment about whether or not you have a dog sleep in the bed with you, but um, um, if you want to make sure your dog is not sleeping in the bed with you, a crate is a good option. Uh, but keep the crate, especially at first, in a place where the dog can see you. Uh, I've had clients for whom that means putting the crate on a nightstand or, um, or uh, in the beginning, you know, putting the mattress on the floor, putting the mattress lower down um, so that you're more on the dog's level. But I think um, a lot of the time when we bring dogs into our, our homes from a shelter or a breeder or a store or whatever, it is a huge um, it's a huge event in their lives and also <laughs> might be the first time um, they, that they've ever been. It might be the first time they've ever been in a crate. It might be the first time they've ever been um, in a room alone without other puppies around, without their mom around. without. Um, and uh, too often I, I have um, clients who talk about how they put the dog in the crate in the living room and then went to bed and then, you know, we're listening to the dog cry for an hour um trying to figure out you know are we going to reward the dog if we go to the dog uh at this point um which all of which i think could have been avoided and often is rectified pretty quickly when they just bring the crate into the bedroom and make sure the dog can see them from um from uh wherever they are and if your dog is crying in the crate and you're trying to figure out should you you know go to the dog um or not go to the dog <laughs> we we want we don't want our students to be our dog students to be stressed out um and freaked out they're not going to be doing good learning in that state so first address their uh the anxiety by stopping it even if that means giving your dog your attention or whatever um and then start to shape the behavior from the beginning of your dog being able to be in the crate at all and what is like the lowest possible version of that behavior might be having like the dog be in the crate with or even just near the crate put have the door open have you be near there so you know you're creating you know nice feelings uh, about the crate just as it associ as it's associated with you um just let your dog exist around the crate ideally then soon in the crate um, and then you're just going to shape shape the behavior from there uh last last little crate training tip let's see i'm looking at my notes did i cover all my my uh my quick tips um my last little tip uh oh is um just something that uh i think i got this from um Susan Garrett, who um, is a superstar dog trainer, um, and I, I think it was her Crate, Crate Games DVD. It might not have been Susan Garrett. I have to look up who's. There's this great DVD about Crate Games, and I think one of the 
the things um, I picked up from from this uh, DVD is you can uh, teach a dog that when you open the door to the crate, they need to sit. And this is like a pretty easy thing to do, especially if you have a dog who can already sit on cue. Um, you, um, you know, as you like begin to open the door, you ask for a sit <laughs> and uh, the opening of the door can become a cue in and of itself paired when you pair it with the cue that your dog already knows and you can practice this by just giving your dog treats for sitting in the crate and oh this was part of what she suggests giving the dog the the treat in the crate like in the back top corner uh again if the dog's head is looking up to get a treat his butt is gonna go down <laughs> right like i was talking before how you can get a dog to um go from a down to a sit by controlling where their head is going to be. You can control where their head is going to be by putting a treat above their head. So that's actually kind of a, a, um, a sort of backwards little cheat way that you can teach this behavior is just open the door and give the dog a treat in the back corner. You don't even have to ask the dog to sit or do anything. Just make and then close the door and then open the door a little bit and give the dog a treat in the back uh, top corner. Um, if there's two people, this can be even easier. You don't even have to use a clicker or anything. Open door, give the dog treat in the back top. And um, uh, this is going to most likely build a sit. Your dog is going to associate putting his head towards the top of the crate when the door starts to open. And uh, that is going to um, most likely turn into a sit. Okay. These are my uh, <laughs> rambling, I hope not too rambling, um, thoughts on crate training. Uh, I think I covered the kinds of things I feel like I'm suggesting to people over and over when I'm getting their questions. Um, all right. Hope this was helpful. Thanks for listening. Bye. Oh, I thought of one last thing I wanted to mention about crates. Uh, one question I often get is, like, should there be a pillow or a blanket or a dog bed or something in the crate? And um, the answer is it depends. If your dog is just going to be hanging out in there, you want your dog to be super comfy. If your dog has a bed that, that your dog really likes, uh, sure. However, uh, if your dog has a tendency to pee and poop on things that are soft and cushy and absorbent, then maybe don't have something in there. Also, if I'm doing any kind of training with a dog in the crate, I generally don't want um, I don't want like a blanket or, or a pillow or anything where like treats and crumbs can get lost. I want the dog to be able to find the treat right away and to not, so it, you know, I don't want it to like get lost, lost somewhere. Um, also, some dogs like to be kind of cocooned. Uh, so you can experiment with covering a crate with a sheet um, or the Revel actually, they have these like magnetic pads that you can put on the sides. Um, some dogs, uh, some dogs might actually feel more comfortable uh, when it's enclosed in that way. So definitely go ahead and uh, experiment with that. Okay, I think I'm done now. Do you need some help teaching your dog where you want him to pee or poop? And when, if so, I hope you'll check out our brand new, totally free house training guide. You can find it at schoolforthedogs.com house. 
It's filled with lots of really good tips on how to train a dog to potty in the right spot, but it also is going to explain to you how to teach your dog to do it on cue. So go check it out. Schoolforthedogs.com slash house.